The national epidemic of substance use has claimed thousands of lives and ravaged communities, yet treatment for addiction is hard to access, especially for the medically underserved. 23.5 million people are estimated to need substance use treatment, yet only 2.6 million receive it. Community health centers have been addressing substance use disorders before the epidemic made front page news. Now they are being called to do more. HHS is making available $350 million in funding for health centers to continue their work in treating addiction in primary care. I am Marisol Murphy-Ballantyne and this is NAC Health Center News. There is growing support among policymakers and experts to treat substance use disorders as a chronic disease in primary care. Regular primary care for people with SUD decreases hospitalizations by up to 30%. For health centers, it also means treating the whole health of each patient with integrated services and care coordination and addresses the root causes of addiction, such as the social determinants of health. Few health centers are as familiar with what it takes to treat addiction than Fenway Health in Boston, Massachusetts. We spoke with Jane Powers, Interim Chief of Staff and Clinical Social Worker. I I mentioned that we had about 31,000 primary care patients and about 4,400 of those have received behavioral health services through uh, us. And it's a little bit difficult to identify who is there solely because of substance use disorder because we have such a high incidence of co-occurrence with with substance use and mental health issues. But we do know that um, the combined behavioral health, which is mental health and substance use disorder, uh, really comprises a pretty significant uh, thing that our population struggles with. Uh, In our 2017 UDS data, we we figured out that about half of our behavioral health clients have substance use disorder as part of what they're dealing with as challenges. Um, Many more of those primary care patients have substance use disorder, but they're not getting behavioral health uh, through us. We have a medication-assisted treatment program within the behavioral health department, but we also have one in our primary care setting. So we offer uh, uh, venues in both behavioral health and in primary care. Our addictions recovery and wellness program is something that we offer. Uh, We have clinical acupuncture, we have group therapy, which is uh, recovery skills groups, and we offer individual uh, therapy as well as psychopharmacology. Um, We've had that medication-assisted treatment in primary care since November. Power says treating SUD poses many challenges. Many patients at Fenway, who also include the LGBTQ community, have complex lives and co-occurring health conditions that require multiple interventions. Getting Medicaid to cover some services can be tricky. Lastly, there are also limits to what medication-assisted treatment, that is, drugs that can reduce cravings, can do for patients. Uh, Working with drug users can really cause providers, both in behavioral health and medical, uh, to be anxious. Uh, There is going to be, um, there are so many challenges that have to do with the social determinants of health, and it can feel really overwhelming trying to help our clients because their lives are impacted in so many different spheres. It can be hard to feel effective, so uh, it, it really can be challenging to support providers to work through some of that ambivalence around working with this population. 
Um, there's also really a limit to the psychopharmacological uh, interventions that are there to help people with substance use disorder. Um, we know that there are some uh, particular interventions for opioid use disorder, but for instance, uh, crystal meth, which is a substance that our population struggles with, uh, there really it is not an effective psychopharmacological intervention for that. Understanding the factors that may drive addiction is also key to helping their patients as powers. So at Fenway, substance use disorder is a scenario that people have been dealing with for decades. Uh, I think that in the LGBTQ community, there is such long-standing experience of stigma and shame that uh, it is not at all Uh, surprising to think about the numbers of people that are struggling with substance use disorder because we've been seeing it straight along. We may not be seeing it um, as opioid use disorder, uh, but there have been various substances that uh, have become more in the forefront and then have receded um, over that period of time. But I think that Again, the notion that people feel shame, that people don't have skills to know how to make themselves feel better. So they turn to substances to try to address that or to help them feel uh, more liberated or to help them feel more powerful or to help them feel more connected. Uh, When you have a population that hasn't felt any of those things, when you have a drug that can help them feel those things, it's not really a surprise that some people turn to that drug to help them. Uh, And for other people, they may be able to use recreationally, and they don't develop an addiction. Fenway has developed some promising treatments such as acupuncture and work collaboratively in treatment planning with their patients for many months to set goals and keep the lines of communication open. I think the thing that comes to mind for me is uh, what is sometimes called complementary therapy or um, integrative therapy. And for us at Fenway, uh, the acupuncture program that we have has been in place since 1989. So we've been doing this for a long time. And we offer the National Acupuncture Detoxification Association Protocol, which uh, uses five points in the ear. So it can be done in a group setting. So people can be fully clothed. Um, We have a clinic room. There are 12 really comfortable chairs. uh, And we say that it really is the lowest barrier service. It's really low threshold. People don't have to be committed to stopping their use. They really have to just be committed to coming in and sitting in a chair. And if they can do that, sometimes that is a way for them into more treatment. Beyond therapies, looking at the root causes of addiction is essential to preventing the cycle of addiction and relapses. I think for me the biggest one of these uh, social determinants of health is homelessness or housing housing instability. Um, There's really a clear link between homelessness and substance use disorder. And a lot of the housing resources that are available require abstinence. And so if people are able to get into supportive housing and they have a relapse, they're very often kicked out and the same cycle starts all over again. So I I think that we need many more resources for people uh, in supported housing and I would like to see some component of that supported housing be available for people that are still uh, struggling with using or struggling with abstinence. 
There is a high correlation between homelessness, mental illness, and substance use disorders. That's why shifting the paradigm of SUD treatment to primary care with an integration of behavioral health services and enabling services such as case management or other social services makes sense. Treating SUD as a chronic disease also means that even when a patient achieves some measure of recovery, they stay supported in care. Yeah, we also don't take somebody who is um, pretty stable with their diabetes and um, fire them from treatment if they have a piece of chocolate cake for their birthday. So um, I'm not, uh, you know, drawing a, like a, um, I'm not saying that those things are equal, but I do think that there's a pretty strong parallel um, that uh, there are people who can be really motivated to, uh, to not use anymore. Uh, but there are still things going on in their lives, uh, and some of those have to do with the social determinants of health. Uh, but sometimes it's just that people feel really awful inside, and they don't know how to handle distress. And for them, um, numbing or zoning out or avoiding is, is their go-to. And some people use substances to do that. It can be pretty easy, I think, for people to forget our compassion. We'd like to thank Jane Powers from Fenway Health for joining us at NAC Health Center News. You can listen to our other podcasts by visiting our website at www.nachc.org or via iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also stay up to date with us on Facebook and Twitter at NACHC. The music featured on today's podcast is Celestial Navigation by Blue Dot Sessions.